0: Welcome, digital difference makers. Today with me I have Saba Ali, um, who is a business coach who helps people with all things from growing on social media to start creating content that actually connects and really actually building a brand. So I'm really keen to have you on. Welcome, Saba.
1: Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'm so excited to talk all the things about branding, marketing, and yeah, everything else. Uh,
0: Yeah, me too. Well, give us a bit of a rundown in terms of like, who do you like to work with and and what's the focus typically? I mean, I gave a little bit of a rundown, but I want to make sure that I got all of that correct.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So people know me as, of course, a business coach, but more of like a branding coach. So basically what I do is I work with other coaches, service providers, consultants, basically anybody online who is the face of their business trying to sell a product. And I help them create a powerful brand that basically sells their offers through content 100% organically, right? So I specialize on Facebook, on Instagram, how to create attractive content that brings in the right type of people in order to buy buy your offers, right? So, you know, I help clients with everything from crafting out an offer all the way to firing their team members, right? Uh, But if we were to zone into one specific area, I'm really, really good at developing that brand where people just fall in love with you, right? Because if somebody loves you, it's more likely they're going to want to do business with you. So yeah, that's basically what I do in a nutshell. I've been doing it geez I graduated college four years ago this past Saturday and I got started my business right after graduation so I've I've been doing it for about three to four years now
0: yeah nice I mean I, I've always seen your stuff like I and mean, we talk about I've seen you talk a lot about brand and yeah I've always thought that it's very practical branding stuff because I've I've talked to a lot of branding people and like um one of my business partners is also really good with um he's he's a brand specialist and does a lot with web design and stuff as well
1: yeah but
0: sometimes I feel like with branding people there's like a disconnect with trying to marry that up with marketing. So like having it
1: mm-hmm. in
0: line is extremely important because I find some people come with come to me with like here's my brand persona here's like this other stuff and I'm like none of this is practical like we Mm -hmm. can't take this into any of our market like how have you been using it and they're like Mm -hmm. I don't know I've got the sheet though and this this is my (laughs) ideal client apparently so but that's how I've always kind of seen your stuff so I mean like what's what's your take on on branding like do you go Mm -hmm. into brand personas and all that sort of stuff Mm
1: -hmm. I love that you asked me this question I'm so excited to answer it so (laughs) The way I love to describe branding is external branding and internal branding. So when people think of branding, they primarily always think of external branding, which is the colors, the website, the design, the logo, which still does play a part of your business, but you don't necessarily need that in order to attract clients, right? Like in the beginning, I just put out content, I attract clients, no website, no colors, no logos. You don't need that. Um, and then there's internal branding, which is basically the piece people usually skip over and they just get right into marketing and sales. So the way I love to describe branding is people perceive you in a certain way right now. So your job is to attain a specific space in their mind as you are the authority and the go-to person in whatever niche and topic that you're actually teaching. Right? So for an example, you can be like a business coach, mindset coach, podcaster, whatever you are, but people only see you as a friend, as a follower, someone that's inspirational. They're not actually ever going to hire you, right? So when it comes to the branding piece, A, you definitely want to get clear in what you actually want to be known for, but B, what elements of your personality can you use in your marketing that not only you know, develops a good relationship with the client, because once again, people want to buy from people they like, but it still positions you as an authority and as a leader that someone's actually going to pay you money, right? So what happens is a lot of clients come to me and they're like, I'm creating content, I'm getting engaged, and people say it's inspirational, but they're not buying this is why. They don't actually see you as someone who can help them, right? So that's why when I talk about branding, like there's so much that I can go into detail with that. There is, you know, things with like the persona and the story and the identity, but I want to say the most important thing is the language and words you're using in your marketing after you have identified what the actual brand and message of your company looks like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think it's interesting. Like I, I was speaking to a client recently around, they just come on board and one of the biggest things was around like, I'm putting all out all this content. I'm getting heaps of like really good feedback. Everyone says it's really interesting. And like, when we looked at it, like all the people that were, commenting and giving nice stuff were like peers yeah it was like other financial advisors and it was kind of like that's great but they're not the clients so like we need to get more of the clients actually looking at your stuff and going like wow this I feel completely understood like this is the way that I look at it or like this is the perspective shift that I needed like not just like Mm -hmm looks Mm -hmm. nice that's interesting like and and I think that's like that is a massive shift for people to make like and even stepping into being a little bit more polarizing like being okay with some people are not gonna like this and that's (laughs) okay like I'm okay to push those people away Do do you ever have to like talk with clients and try and help them get over that fear of like kind of Excluding some people and, and pushing them away. Oh,
1: totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, you know, when I coach with my clients, like I tell them in your audience, not everybody is going to hire you. Like that just straight up, right? Like not every single person that follows you, that maybe not even follows you, but like stalks you on your profile and watches every single move you make, they're not gonna hire you, right? And that's okay. Right? It's like when you're creating content, the job is to repel people that aren't the right fit for you and just attract the people that are. Right? So even for me, like, you know, when I was just getting started in my business, of course, like every other person, I wanted to fit in. I wanted everyone to like me until I realized they were just fans, but they would never actually buy my stuff. Right? So when I tell when clients come to me and we go through the entire process of like branding, going into marketing, Usually it's the thing that people are hiding or dimming or muting and not necessarily wanting to share online is what is actually going to set them apart from every single person that's doing the exact same thing you are, right? Because think about it. There's millions of business coaches that are teaching what I teach, branding, marketing, sales content, but there's only one me that has my personality that has my story, that has my experiences, right? Something that may have happened to me at 8 a.m. this morning, someone can't create that type of content, right? It was, it's something that happened to me, right? And sometimes when things happen, people may think, oh, maybe I should share this. Maybe I shouldn't. Is it gonna, you know, push my clients away? Is it not? And then people are in this kind of like space of, do I create like safe content or do I create like the polarizing content, right? So yeah, I think it's really important. Once again, I always say self-awareness of just being aware that there are going to be people who absolutely hate you, which is fine, but then you're only focused on the people that of course you actually want to be helping and they want to be working with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was um talking about this, one of the masterminds that I'm in, and uh, uh, one of like the... First couple of like TikToks that I made, um, I got this guy commenting and he was saying like, "Oh, look at this waffle kind of thing," <laughs> and he tagged like a couple of his <laughs> friends. And they were going on, and I was I was talking about in the mastermind, and these guys and, and and all of them said like, "Oh, well done! Like you've made it! Like you've got like you've got haters kind of thing! Like you've got people coming on and and making fun of you. That that's great! Like you want more of that?" And I was like. That's an interesting perspective. And then I, when I really, because I thought it was really funny, but then when I started to see it like that and I was like, yeah, I suppose really you can only have like people that love you if you have some people that kind of hate you. Like if you want like, re- like extreme love, you always have to be okay with extreme hate in a way as well. Like sticking in the middle is kind of okay. repelling those people that could like, really fall in love with you and look. if you started like three or four years ago like after uni what was there anything in college that made you want to get into business or like what what started it all
1: great question so I actually have been creating content since I was 19 years old in college so I didn't like I didn't build my brand and start creating content because I wanted to build a business. I did that part first. So I genuinely love creating content. I basically documented my entire like college years and I would share like, you know, tips and principles back then, since I was a college student, that was like my demographic and my niche on like, you know, how to have like a balanced lifestyle while you're still chasing your career and your dreams, but you can still hang out with your friends and do all the college things. So Basically, what happened was I was documenting, creating content all throughout college. And I was actually working with a mentor, not a coach, alongside his company, where I would work with high influential people in like the entrepreneurial space. So like John Lee Dumas, Jeff Hoffman, all the people. And I was doing marketing and PR for them. So what happened was I would go to, you know, these events, red carpet premieres, and I would document every single thing I was doing. So It was fascinating from an outsider's perspective to see a college student do all of these things. And slowly I started to build an audience that way. I started to create content. I started to speak on stages. I wrote a book when I was 21 and people basically just started to come to me asking for help, how are you creating content, building your audience, speaking on stages. And what happened was I did go through many failed businesses (laughs) Before I got into coaching. So I want to say like my last year of college, I did like drop shipping, e-commerce. I started a podcast, tried to monetize it, um, started a clothing line. Then I did do like done for you social media services for like eight months throughout my last year of college. I graduated and then I realized I hated that business model. And then I got started to coaching. So yeah, I want to say my business came to fruition by people asking for help, and I don't want to say it was easy to get started in my business because it definitely wasn't, but it was much more simpler because I had already created a brand and I already fell in love with content creation. Um, sometimes clients come to me and they're like, "How do I, how do I post content every day? Like, how my, how do I, you know, stay consistent? How are you?" showing up all this time and I'm like I genuinely love it right it's mm. like you need to find something within your business that you genuinely love and it's easier to show up that way um so yeah like that's that's basically how I got into got into coaching
0: it's interesting we've got like a similar background kind of thing like why I started off in dropshipping um and then moved into like a marketing agency on the back of that. And then went into coaching after that. we still have some agency services as well now, but it's, yeah, it's interesting like that. Cause my, my biggest regret from that was not documenting everything we did. Um, Cause it was a friend and I that started it when we were doing our drop shipping. Like I was like, there's so many, so many things along that way. So many stories that I, 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 I kind of tell now, but because they were five years ago, there's a lot that have have gone missed as well. That like, Mm -hmm. sometimes they come to me at different times, but there was so much opportunity there. I I think that's a really important thing that not a lot of people think about. Well, a lot of people are kind of like, I want to create this thing first, then I'll start building the audience. And like every market and business coach is the opposite and will be like, please, please build build the audience beforehand. Like it's just so, it's so important because it's like you could have, you could really be onto something. And mm-hmm. if you had the audience already, it would start doing well instead of it not kicking off right away. And maybe you sort of think there's something wrong with the product or the service or that sort of thing. Like, you know, it's hard if you're not able to generate demand like that, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: what drew you to coaching outside of like the dumb for you social media and everything like that? Was it the, you, you talk about a lot about time in mm-hmm. your content. So I'm curious to see like, what's, was it that, was it the time thing and just knowing that you could leverage okay. coach a little bit more?
1: For sure. So definitely a few reasons. One of them definitely is time, right? If you're doing a done for you service, you were doing all the work. So, um, you know, it's kind of a cat, but right, of course you can hire team members. But for me, I never, I never wanted a business where I had like a million team members. I had to manage that, you know, even though I could hire someone to manage that, but I just never really wanted that. Um, and for me, I love to speak and I love to teach. Right. So, since I love to teach, it just made sense for me to coach because I can teach my clients basically everything they need to learn in order to run a successful business. Um, I also love to see transformation with my clients. Like I'm, I've always been front facing with everything. I love to be on the spotlight, be on stages speaking. So for me, it just didn't make sense to be on the back end doing those things, and. I love to see like the best part about coaching is when I see my clients have a breakthrough and when it really just makes sense for them. Um, And even if it's like, if it's revenue or if they're getting clients, that's amazing. But it's more like the moment they actually get something that they haven't understood for like months or sometimes even years, right? So for me, I can't really have that transformation if I'm doing a done-for-you service. Um, And one thing I always love to say, like coaching is not... Is not an easier business to build versus you know a done for you service or even you know drop shipping or anything else. I always say any business, you know, you can build it in a very successful way. I know sometimes people be like, Oh, I want to start a business. It's like coaching the easiest one (laughs) that you can do. And I always laugh. I'm like, no, it's not, it's just as hard, it's just as difficult. It's just a matter of like what what you want and the type of business that you want to build, but yeah, for me, when I, you know, found coaching, it just, it just made sense. And it made sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I completely agree. Like I'm very much of the mindset of like the easiest business to do is the one that you really enjoy doing. Like regardless of what it is, it's how you set up the model. I mean, of course a done for you service is going to be horrible. If you're charging $500 a month and you're working 20 hours a week for it, like that's, that's just underpaying yourself um and I, and I think that's probably some people's look on like oh i can charge three thousand dollars for coaching you know and they have to shop once a week and but it's it's easier to sell a done for you service as well like they all have their like i mean it's easier <laughs>
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um
0: this is audio for everyone that i, I just did quote marks around that um but I mean, they've, yeah, they've all got their pros and cons. So I do I do find it interesting that people do have that. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure if you get this as much as well. I get a lot of people come and they're looking for like the easiest way to like the passive income course that they'll be able to like set and forget. And it's like, I just want to make $10,000 a month and not have to do anything. And it's kind oh, of like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh that sounds amazing <laughs> but like you know yeah. a majority of the time it's like you're still gonna have to do something like I don't know anyone that really thinks that you know ads aren't ads aren't set and forget like you know there's if you really want it to last for a long period of time you still have to post content and grow mm-hmm. the audience around this course as well like there's um I know I put up a post talking about like the attract and repel thing. That was something I put up the other day to try and like push away the, the passive income people that are looking for that. Cause like I'm looking for the people that want to work mm-hmm. and build their business a lot more. It, sorry. Do you, do you get that a bit?
1: Oh yeah. No, for yeah. sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like I used to, I want to say I used to get this a lot more, um, you know, kind of in the midst of me, like building scaling my business where like people just wanted that like you know, quick steps in order to make 10k a month or six figures. And I definitely still get that now too. Um, but yeah, it's like, the thing is like exactly what you said, like any sort of like system or strategy, there's still gonna like, you still have to put work into it. Like, of course, there may be some models where there is like less time and effort put into it after you have something set up, which is like maybe like the email sequences or something, but you still need to have, you know, time to build the list and build your audience. Um, one thing that I actually just thought about that I'll speak on is for the first two years of my business, all of my transactions were done on sales calls. So like, about eight months ago, I didn't want to do sales calls anymore. So I didn't want to build my business in that way. So I transitioned. Right. So now it's like, I don't want to say it's, it's easier, but it is much more simple to just have sales come in through landing pages and through messenger. Right. So something like that, when people see me talk about that now, they're like, okay, like, I just want to do the same thing and sell, you know, $20,000 packages through DMs which you can, but there also has been a lot of, you know, time and effort and energy that was built up in order to make that full transition happen.
0: Yeah, I, I find it, um it's like a lot of the sell by chat people. It's like those people that are doing really well at that have built up yeah. a brand and lots of systems behind that to make that work. It's not like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just going to be able to go out to my audience and start like immediately <laughs> selling by chat for $20,000. Like, yeah. particularly like, I think, um, you know, the, the transition, if you don't mind me saying, I, I, would, I would assume that you were pretty good on sales calls as well. So like mm-hmm. that transition wouldn't have been as hard for you. Like, okay. I, I get some people that they're struggling on the sales call. So they want to compensate by going to sell by chat. Mm -hmm. And I always say like, if you can't, if you're not doing one right, switching to the other won't immediately and and like, and reducing your prices won't make your life easier right away. Like you have to, in fact, it's probably harder (laughs) in a lot of instances as well because you've got to sell more of that thing. So, yeah. like, <laughs> you you have yeah, to know that yeah. you're going to have the demand behind that to be able mm-hmm. to do that, which you do. Like, you've got the audience there that, you know, and, and I'm guessing there's probably a lot of people as well that regularly buy the new thing that you put out because they oh, buy complete. everything. Yeah. And it's like every one of them are really good products, not just mm-hmm. something slapped together and Pushed out for like ninety seven dollars and like oh it's pretty cheap more people buy it
1: yeah yeah no for sure it's like when I made that transition it's like I have so many more you know repeat clients reoccurring you know income that's coming in but yeah exactly what you said like when I made that transition um it was actually probably a year ago now where I even had the thought of like making that transition I was at a point in my business where great revenue, great clients. Like I had everything set up, but like, there was something that I just didn't like about how I was building my business anymore. And for me, what I realized was like, as a consumer, I hate getting on sales calls to buy. I had bought so many programs and things, which required a sales call. But like, even when I got on a call, I already knew I wanted to be a part of it. So when I also had clients coming into my world, I was requiring them to get on sales calls and every single person that bought, like they would have bought regardless, right? So for me, it just didn't make sense to do that anymore. And once again, I'm not saying that's a bad model. I feel like for some people, like they love doing it, so continue doing it. And I still also do believe if you don't know how to do sales, it probably is good to start off with sales calls so you understand the sales process for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. We had one client recently, she wanted to make, She wanted to make the switch and, well, didn't say she didn't want to do sales because she just said like, with the bigger vision, like how do I get more leverage and look at these things? So when we were analyzing everything, one of the things, well, we're running all these events and we're leading people from the event to a call, we could start transitioning the event to sell on stage, really. Mm -hmm. So, you, yeah, we just cut out an extra 10 hours a month, 20 hours a month, kind of thing from these events that you're going to be on. And she was like, if we can do that, I'm, I'm laughing kind of thing. So I, I suppose there's lots of ways really to be able to do it, just looking yeah. at what stage. But again, like it's another thing that you have to be good at selling your offer and promoting oh. it in the right way beforehand so that when people like people have to get to that stage, they're pre-sold. Like mm-hmm. from the content, everything you put out, like you were saying, like they get to that stage, they're already like credit card out, ready to buy, because it's just like the way you've talked about it. That's exactly what I need, and like that's probably the um, the shift that I think some people need to make with their sales as well. Like you shouldn't be trying to like convince people to buy on the call. Like if that's the case you know, it's like trying to draw blood from a stone, in my opinion. Like, I just, I've...
1: Not fun. No,
0: no. It's like, and and like, I don't think you're, like, if you're coming away from, you come away from those types of calls, because I used to do some of them when I was first starting out, just drained, like, completely like, you know, what, like, that was, took all of my energy to get that person on board kind of thing, as opposed to, person comes on already sold and really it's just cool this is what it's going to look like these are logistics are you in yep i'm in great like let, let's move forward kind of thing like and and that, that's the stage i think more people want to get to but what's we've talked about like we have come from and, and what you're doing now what's the vision for the future like what do you want the impact of what you're doing now to be in 15 20 years
1: Mm -hmm. I love this question. So my entire brand, it's, it's called Unforgettable, right? So when I started even like my brand, my business, my entire mission was to help people create unforgettable lives, relationships, and their business, right? So for me, like every time I'm doing something, whether it is, you know, putting out an offer, coaching my client, posting a piece of content going on vacation, like whatever it is, it's always to make it memorable. So for me, like this goes deep into like my story. But one of the reasons why that's like my brand and my vision is because um, my mom passed away when I was 15 years old and when I was like young, you know, of course, like I, of course we had phones and everything like that, but I don't have that many like memories with her that are documented. So for me, one of the reasons why I also love to create content document is because like you never know when something like that might happen. I always want to make sure I have memories I can look back on. So a lot of the times when people are building their business, they chase just the revenue, just the numbers and that's great of course when you're building a business you want to be profitable make you know a shit ton of money but at the end of the day like what actually is going to mean like the most to you right it's probably not going to be like the five thousand dollars that came through it, you know in the morning it probably is when you're out to dinner with like your husband doing like absolutely nothing that has to do with business right so for me i see the unforgettable brand much more than just coaching. Um, I see myself putting on events and retreats, something that I am gonna do later this year. Um, I also have always been very interested in products, not just services. Um, So I graduated with a fashion degree. Once again, before I got into coaching, I started a clothing line. I see myself doing something with products. I don't know exactly what that is. It hasn't came through yet. Um, but I I know for a fact that I'm always going to be creating content, building my brand, regardless of if it's going to only be for coaching or not. Um, so like, you know, short term, five to 10 years, I definitely will still be, you know, doing coaching, events, retreats, all the things. Um, but I see the unforgettable brand and message much more than just even for like entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that like, Even from that story, like I was just thinking the amount of like entrepreneurs, you know, in particular, but also everyone that's kind of looking at their job, their career or their business now, it's kind of like, how can I make sure that I'm going to have time with my kids? Like, you know, how can I make sure that I'm not that parent that's going to be working all the time or we can't have memories i can't take them on holidays or spend money on doing those things like that's yeah you know like whenever i'm talking to people about like why they're doing why they're doing their bills business like what why they want to do what they do it, it typically comes back to that it comes back to like i want to create something that is giving us more income than i had before but also more time to be able to Mm. do those things so i think that is a really important message like not just chase the revenue and everything like that it's a it can be a trap like the person makes like two hundred thousand dollars and works 80 hours a week is poorer than the person that makes a hundred thousand dollars and works 10 hours a week like by by a large margin kind of thing so i think that's I, I really like that. I think that's a really good message. I think in 15, 20 years, I hope that that, I have no doubt actually that your brand really will, <laughs> will excel beyond that. So thank you very much for coming on and sharing that with us. If anyone would like to get in touch with you after this, Sabah, how can they do that?
1: Yeah, best place to find me, Instagram and Facebook. So of course on Facebook, just my first and last name, Sabah Lee. On Instagram, my handle is at the Saba Ali. So feel free to follow, connect with me on there. Um, You know, I always am posting my offers free or paid. So you can check out my content and yeah, just stay connected with me on there.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much again for coming on and I will leave the links for those in the show notes if anyone wants to get in contact with you.